0: hello welcome back to west bank bible church podcast this is dave pastor Merritt, coming along hopefully here in the next couple of weeks i'll have him back as my sidekick or me as his Uh, but until that time you got me Uh, today we'll be on lesson number 39 in the book of daniel if you're following along in the outline But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Dear Heavenly Father, open our hearts and minds we can take in the word and metabolize doctrine. Help us and guide us. Bless us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, last week we finished the Doctrine of Music, summarized what the Bible had to say about volition, and when we finished, we were in the process of teaching the Doctrine of Jealousy. I'm not going to go through the review. If you want the review, you can just go back to lesson number 38. Let's go ahead and skip down to... Point 10 on page 3 for new material. Point 10, negative volition toward doctrine inflames the sin of jealousy. 1 Timothy 6, 3, and 4. If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ to godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, and evil suspicions. Jealousy is also a sin related to unbeliever reversionism. Romans 1, 28 and 29. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. Ill-placed pride is a direct result of rejecting doctrine and tends to motivate great jealousy. Acts thirteen forty five. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Jealousy was a motivating factor in the crucifixion of Jesus Mark fifteen ten. For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. Jealousy motivated the brothers, brothers of Joseph to sell him into slavery. That's Acts seven nine. And the patriarchs, moved from envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. In Isaiah eleven thirteen, jealousy is said to be a motivating factor which split the nation Israel. In 11, chapter 11, 12, and 13 of Isaiah, he will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy, Quana, in a bad sense, jealousy or envious, will vanish and Judah's enemies will be cut off. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, nor Judah hostile toward Ephraim. So great was the sin of jealousy between man and wife in Israel that a special offering developed. That's Numbers chapter 5, verse 11 through 31. And here we go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If a man's wife goes astray, and is unfaithful to him by sleeping with another man, and her impurity is undetected, and if feelings of jealousy come over her husband, and he suspects his wife, or if he is jealous and suspects her even though she is not impure, then the husband will take his wife to the priest. The husband will prepare a great offering for jealousy. The priest shall have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. The priest shall place in her hands the grain offering for jealousy, while he himself holds the jar of bitter water that brings a curse. Then the priest shall put the woman under oath and say to her, if no other man has slept with you, and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray while married to your husband, and you have defiled yourself by sleeping with a man other than your husband, may the Lord cause your people to curse and denounce you when he causes your thigh to waste away and your abdomen to swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body, so that your abdomen swells and your thigh waste away. Then the woman is to say, Amen, so be it. He shall have the woman drink the bitter water. If she has defiled herself, her abdomen will swell and her thigh waste away, and she will become accursed among her people. If, however... The woman is not defiled herself and is free from impurity, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. This, then, is the law of jealousy when a woman goes astray and defiles herself with married, while married to her husband, or when feelings of jealousy come over a man because he suspects his wife. The sin of jealousy is self-destructive. Proverbs fourteen thirty A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but jealousy the rotting of the bones. Jealousy is designated in the Scripture as a devastating sin. Proverbs twenty seven four Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Jealousy prevailed in David's kingdom. The ten tribes in the north were were jealous of Judah in the south. 2 Samuel chapter 19, 41 and 42. Soon all the men of Israel were coming to the king and saying to him, Why did our brothers, the men of Judah, steal the king away and bring him and his household across the Jordan? together with all his men. And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, We did this because the king is closely related to us. Why are you angry about it? Have we eaten any of the king's provisions? Have we taken anything for ourselves? We must never retaliate against jealous people. They are destroying themselves with envy by their attempts to discredit you besides the scripture makes clear that the battle is the lords and vengeance belongs to god first samuel 17:47 says and those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the lord saves for the battle is the lords and he will give all of you into our hands Romans 12, verses 18 through 20. It is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. The Chaldean priests were consumed with jealousy, so they accused. Actually, the priests, Chaldeans, were not merely trying to accuse Daniel's three friends. They wanted to see all Jews condemned to death. So they catered to the king, flattering him with the customary flowery address, O king, live forever. But their mental attitude said, O king, let these men die. Note in verse 12 that the Chaldeans begin their approach in a very subtle manner. Instead of naming the offenders immediately, they spoke of certain Jews, implying that these men were of an inferior race. Daniel 3:12 But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach Meshach and Abednego who pay no attention to you O king they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up This was a manifestation of anti-Semitism another tool of Satan Finally The subtleties were dropped and the Jews were identified as those whom the king had set over the, the affairs of the province of Babylon. The innuendo, these Jews were unworthy of their high positions and perhaps Nebuchadnezzar had made a mistake. The accusation also inferred the accused were ungrateful for the honor the king had conferred. This, they alleged, was obvious by their disobedience to the king's royal command. A malicious and implacable mental attitude always motivates people to malign and accuse others. The world is filled with people who have it in for others. We must not react to such people. We cannot spend our lives worrying about what others think. We must live our lives as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father through him. Romans 14.8 If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Let me give you a point or two here about anti-Semitism. God has promised in Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3, that he will handle all discipline of the Jewish race. Those three verses read, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. The historical manifestations of anti-Semitism show a definite correlation between the rise and fall of nations and empires. There are different kinds of Jews. They are racial Jews, one who is descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, religious Jews, one who adopts Judaism, and regenerate Jews, or real Jews, one who is no longer a Jew, but a member of the royal family of God. That's Romans 9, verse 6-14 through 14 in Galatians 3.28. Let's look at Romans first. It is not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the natural children who are God's children, but as the children of the promise Who are regarded as abraham's offspring for this was how the promise was stated at the appointed time i will return and sarah will have a son not only that but rebecca's children had one and the same father our father isaac yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose and election might stand. Not by works, but by him who calls, she was told. The older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. Galatians 3.28 There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. How to evaluate Jews, or how to evaluate anyone, as an individual member of the human race. As a nation, Israel today is admirable for its strong anti-communist stand As citizens, they must be judged by their understanding and commitment to the principles of their nation entity. Now let's look further into the king's reaction in Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. This caused Nebuchadnezzar to be hot with anger, and he commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought to him. The king asked them, is it intentional that you do not worship my gods and have disobeyed my decree to worship the golden image? The ingratitude gimmick was used at exactly the right moment for Nebuchadnezzar's old sin nature was working overtime. The insinuations against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego served the Chaldeans' purpose. Nebuchadnezzar never once doubted the accuracy of the priest's accusations. He judged the three Jews guilty without first establishing the facts. No leader can make a correct estimate of a situation while he is under the influence of rage, anger, or other emotions. Leadership requires a cool head and a tight rein on his or her emotions. Objectively, must characterize the judgment of a person who is in authority, or else the entire organization will suffer. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to go, be abre- be arrested and brought to the palace. They brought the three friends of Daniel to the king, in Daniel three thirteen. This caused Nebuchadnezzar to be hot with anger and he commanded that Shadrach, Bishak, and Abednego be brought to him. Normally, Nebuchadnezzar was a very fair-minded man, but now his ego had been affronted, and he was consumed with rage and fury. Rage, regaz, is a mental attitude sin of anger. Fury, shima, means heat caused by wine and is the result of rage. The king was not only angry, he was hot, and totally emotional about the whole thing. Let me give you a review of our doctrine of anger. Anger can be a mental attitude precluding rational thought. As a sin, it will block the intake of doctrine and even the use of doctrine already cycled. Anger can also be innocuous, just a fleeting emotion. Anger happens to everyone. All people are subject to anger. Consequently, the believer must maintain an awareness that anger can be a sin. If it keeps hanging around and the Holy Spirit reveals it as sin, then, like all sins, it must be rebounded. We must not think we have to wait until we stop seething before we can confess. And that concludes lesson number 39 in the book of Daniel. Thank you for being here today. Review some old stuff, go at the new stuff. You can get ahead of me, you can follow me, you can stay behind. Wherever you want, but take in the word. It's out there. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you provided to us today. We hope we can metabolize it and put it into action. Bless Pastor Merritt in his recovery. Bless each and every one of us in the coming week. Look forward to having you back next week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Until next time, so long.